0: Hey everybody, this is Felipe Velalcazar from Death by Metal, and you are listening to the Middle-Aged Metalheads podcast. Welcome to Middle-Aged Metalheads. I'm here with Michael Stamps. My name is David Timoney, and we're here with Chris Tipping, and we are going to talk about a load of records that brought him through, uh, what are we going to go back to college or high school, Chris? How far back are we going?
1: uh, Grade school.
0: Grade school, all right. Chris is... uh, a fellow middle-aged metalhead, and we've been enjoying uh, dialing people in so they can join us to talk about the music that helped to kind of define their lives a little bit and create a soundtrack for for who we are now as as grumpy old men. So I'm going to turn it over to Michael because they are in the same room and he can get us started with the conversation.
2: All right, thank you, David. Yeah, I'm sitting here with Chris, and uh, again, we we love having these conversations about. Uh, the music uh the culture the the things that uh help define our 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 identities early on our personalities uh the things we kind of like grow out of but the things that we just can't actually sort of like shake so uh we're, we're gonna ask chris like like so basic questions like you know like so what are like your earliest you know memories of music or the earliest records uh, that, that, uh, kind of like inspired you or uh, made you sort of like enthusiastic about music.
1: So I, I come from a big family and a lot of older brothers and sisters, and they had uh, lots of records. And, um, so basically I, I listened to music from the early seventies from my siblings. And, um, I uh, was lucky enough to be exposed to a great variety of different types of music. Um, I find it difficult to, to put my finger on one or two specific albums that I think changed my life or directed my interests. Um, I do like rock and roll. I like harder rock and roll. And uh, over time, depending on my mood or, or circumstance, I, I like different different varieties or different flavors of hard rock or heavy
2: metal so what were some of the records that you like remember kind of like if not obsessing about but like you know i don't think obsession might be a too strong a word um i the, the, the ones that you would like you know steal from your from your older siblings and like Listen to Oh, i I can never steal them i can only hear them yeah were there were there particular records that have in your personal collection and you think back like ah this was the one borrow you know from a brother or sister i can maybe list a bunch of albums
1: and groups that i liked one of my first albums was uh aerosmith toys in the attic and then uh i liked uh some led zeppelin albums i listened to a lot of kiss growing up but some of the earlier albums i like i like sweet i liked um i like nazareth I'm trying to think what album i had when i was a child or what did i listen to her the dog perhaps um i also liked uh uriah heep in the 70s i also listened to some judas priest as well i like black sabbath i am a big fan of tony iomi really like rainbow i like uh, richie blackmore tremendous lead guitarist uh, I like old I like old acdc when they were just off the boat from Australia. Bon Scott era. I like Riot. They're a little a little later. They were in the late 80s or early eighties
2: and late seventies. Would you say that there's like a a cutoff point where you figured out like the music that you listened to, and at some point you maybe like stopped listening to a popular metal that came out in the early to mid uh, 80s like not, rat not, dog. not really
1: um i i really don't have a, a a set genre that i prefer consistently i i like a variety depend like i said before like uh depending on my mood i did not like the the poppy hair bands
2: that were on uh, mtt excuse me MTT you got? You, you want to name check some bands that you did uh, not actually see? like? You want to like? You want to like? You want to like, uh, hurt the feelings of people who are fans of Motley Crue or uh, Rad? I like I like, or, I
1: like uh, uh, Motley Boys. Motley Crue's um, first album
2: a lot. I like their second one too.
1: I like the Bullet Boys a little bit, but I didn't like that uh, visual of, that they portrayed—the hair and the spandex hopping around it it just didn't didn't, listen to poison didn't didn't impress me i I really don't like poison at all frankly sorry if there's any good songs i don't don't like them you know then there's uh slaughter firehouse and all those kind of uh who sings the cherry pie song i I, I just i it doesn't appeal to me
0: there's a a whole load of bands i think that came out within a couple years of each other that uh, you know, I just—I don't know that I could tell them all apart. Aside from maybe their hit, you know, like I remember Slaughter open for Kiss one of the times I saw them. Warren, yeah, there's a lot of bands that kind of blur together for a while in the uh, in the '80s and early '90s.
2: I, I think I think Chris like uh, represents like an interesting point where I think, and, and most of us can probably like appreciate this too—the idea where. You got into music for the music, that there was something about the sonic experience of, of the rock and roll that you that you got into. Clearly, yes, MTV does alter this. It, it, it makes the sort of like the image of the band a, a kind of currency where you you identify with the band according to its look in a way that's that's different from from the way that they might sound on the on the on the record, that yeah. so is. I can give you a good example. So you know, first of all, we didn't
1: have cable TV in my house until actually my mom got cable in the '90s, so I never got to watch any of those kind of uh, videos. And I, I occasionally watched uh, Casey Kasem, you know, his show.
2: Uh, that was on late night. How about like like Friday night videos and stuff like that that would show up on no I never on never ABC. I never watched that
1: but um, there was a, a a band that when I I saw them um, I was uh, disappointed quite frankly. D. Snyder is their lead singer. Oh, oh God. I like that first album. And, and you, you like the sound of the record I the did. way you saw them live. I was I saw them on TV and I thought, oh my goodness, what's uh this isn't what I even imagined they look like, let alone disappointing, quite frankly. And you know, I get it. They have their, their thing and that's part of their act, part of their New York
2: dolls kind of. Well, they were, they were different version. Like, you know, but, Twisted uh, Sister was a band that like, had kind of like evolved in, in a lot of different I, I uh, like, ways. Yeah, I like they I like to, their first album. They had several songs on there that were
0: under the under the blade, under the blade.
2: Under the blade. Yeah, and the, and the, and the, again, like uh, the, three really good and, songs. So That's a really weird thing too. Like, I, and again, because I, I think for a lot of us, like our first yeah. experience of <laughs> whatever Twisted Sister would become was the thing that Atlantic Records made them into we're not going to take it and then i want to rock and those, and those particular videos as campy as uh wonderfully sort of like uh what do you want to do with your life you know, they, they basically for i i and again as as silly as it may seem now uh but well, back in like so uh, 85 80, 86 86 it was like wow this is like, this is where I sign up. This is metal. But, sure. no, but and, and, the, and the earlier records, we said like Under the Blade or uh, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, they were like out of print. They, they, they never reached us back in California. And and we never heard Twisted Sister until they showed up on MTV. And then everybody knew them. And then it becomes something of a different kind of phenomenon. So it, mm-hmm. it's interesting we we lose this sort of like appreciation for music as just being music and not necessarily being attached to uh, the visual performance of the band. It's music. We're all KISS fans and it's absolutely impossible to be a KISS fan and not think of like the visuals of of the band, the makeup, the costumes, the concerts, Uh, the trading cards, the lunch boxes, whatever it is. See,
1: that was all the commercial stuff associated with them that kids who had (coughs) disposable income had. That wasn't me. So Mm. I never saw any of that kind of stuff. And when I was older and I saw all of it, I was like, this is a really massive commercial operation, money-making machine. And Mm. I just liked their songs. I never saw them live growing up. Have you, have you, have you seen, There's
0: nothing worse than seeing a band live or on TV, and they're not as good as their record.
1: Yeah, I, I understand that. Talking about those bands from that video channel. Um, MTV. Yeah, there was a time when suddenly all of those guys went away, and then Nirvana came, and all the Seattle kind of mm-hmm. music yeah. came in. And I kind of like that as well. I liked um I like Mother Love Bone. I like the first album. I like Soundgarden. Some people might say they're not heavy metal, but you know I I still like the, the sound.
0: I knew guys in in you know middle school and high school and college who were into Uriah Heap and Molly Hatchet and Rainbow and Zeppelin. Humble Pie. Like all of these bands uh, that were I don't. Uh, this isn't the right terminology, but I would say they're more mature bands. You know, they really got no shtick. They got no pizzazz. It's just a bunch of guys who know how to play, who make records, and they're good. I wanted some showmanship, right. and I I respected those bands, but but I was listening to you know to to other stuff that had explosions and lasers and videos <laughs> and and some merch and things, but. uh You know, it was the guys in, in, you know, auto shop or whatever, who were really kind of dialed into stuff that I wasn't aware of until many years later. Right. Yeah. What I like to get out of this, particularly when we're, we're talking to somebody new, I like to suggest that the folks who are listening, take some homework with them and go listen to an entire record or a series of songs that maybe they have, or maybe they haven't heard before kind of help to contextualize new music.
1: That's a good point. A lot of folks now, you know, when you buy music, you could buy song by song. There was a time, you know, when I bought eight tracks and, and I had albums, you know, you listen to the entire thing. Now with uh, digital music, you can have instant gratification of the song you want to hear immediately. And I think sometimes you don't get the full ambiance of an entire album. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a, a different kind of perspective.
0: Yeah. So you yeah. can suggest, you know, uh, some records for us to go and listen to. I'm a, I've am i got the hour-long commute every day, so if folks are recommending records, I'm always up for something new. I've added already... Uh, I'm not going to go listen to Toys in the Attic again, but I have added Sweet to my required listening in the next uh, week or so. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, de- I'm kind of devoting myself to listening to these records as written, you know, straight through beginning yes. to end.
1: I hear you. You know, so maybe Best Of isn't the best... listen to but right you know another thing i I really enjoy is um there used to be a uh, compilation that you could get through time life records and it's called am gold (laughs) yeah so when i was a kid growing up when i was very young fm wasn't the radio that anyone listened to everyone listened to am and i remember as a kid being at the the swimming pool and laying in the sun and just listening to am radio blaring through those nasty loudspeakers that are around the you know swimming pool. so i have that collection and and i i find uh i really like listening to it it brings me back it makes me think about things when i was younger and stirs up memories that are good memories. if you ever want to hear am gold i'll lay them on you i got you know every year there's a new one it you, have, like,
0: to, you have to make a playlist
1: Early 60s to the 78, I think, is the last one. And then FM began to. I have I a have box set know. for AM
2: Gold. You have it too? Yeah, I do. It's like this um, big. It's it's <laughs> impressive. The, the, and this is exactly our point. Is that this the, was during the 90s. The, 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 the idea of this whole podcast of middle-aged metalheads is not necessarily <laughs> because we're like actively washing it up not actively like going out and representing for metal culture there's certainly a good size element of nostalgia like the idea that the music that we listened to when we were younger you know is a, is a sort of way to like transport ourselves back to our youth transport ourselves back to a what we imagined to be a bit, uh, simpler time, a better time, uh, something that was more fun. There was more, less responsibility. There's something rebellious, even if it was just like- Are you writing a book? Stupid
1: on this? Not yet. Outline like chapter four. It's we're good. Having, we're, not, just, we're just- not saying it's bad.
2: just I'm having just, a conversation <laughs> here. <and laughs> but uh, again, like the, my point here, my thesis, uh, Chris, is the idea that, yeah, music and nostalgia are, are linked together these are interesting things to uh, to discuss in a podcast like this
0: yeah i think there's something about being who we are now and looking back at everything we did then and some of it is nostalgia and some of it is well are we still rebelling are we still doing some of the things in some new way uh that we did in our youth you know i i, I jokingly said you know i I was predicted most likely to die by 21.
2: That's awesome. I mean, like, thank you. That's a great sort of like.
0: uh, Kind of a joke. So, you know, so I made it past 21 and I made it past 42. Right. And now that I've got kids and a house and I like my job, I kind of want to live a long time. Right. Oh, which is a which is a different mentality than we had when we were in, you know, high school and then in college and then young punks out of college doing whatever we wanted to do that's right yeah
2: but it, and and it's it, it, I, I again i always find remark would like go back and listen to uh to records that i bought when i was in high school early years of college and <laughs> you know it, for, for for whatever reason they they become sort of like time capsules they're like they're able to like sort of like mm-hmm. awaken uh, the, the, these these sort of like lost moments. And you had like a great sort of like thread that you you started on our Facebook group about like your guilty pleasures. And these are records that my friends would not let me play. Or, the, you know, we're, we're playing ACDC. We're playing Metallica. And basically, just sort of like Beavis and Butthead. It's like, what? What about White Wolf? And I would like have to listen to White Wolf by myself. to <laughs> <laughs> have like this whole sort of like, you know, Scrapbook Warriors. of Memories, or Warrior, like, which is a band, like, we had this experience together, it's like, I never heard of Warrior growing up, but we started, we bought the CD, oh my gosh, it's got two really good ones on it, it's a great record, anybody hasn't heard of the band Warrior, they're craving some, like, really great, sort of, like, 1984, 85, non-pop, fire pop rock, metal warrior will do it for you. And, it, and then it makes you wonder mm-hmm. in this much larger existential sense, like why weren't they the next big thing? Why didn't riot make it? well we we know what riot it has nothing not to, do with, it, cover, right? has to do with the cover it absolutely has everything to do with the cover.
0: i'm telling you i would never have bought that record based on it <laughs>
1: because that's fine you know if you hear a good song and you like it you're gonna buy the you're gonna buy regardless of the, the cover so,
2: so that's the thing it, 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 so it has to do with the audio visual element if, if it were simply about hearing swords and tequila on the radio damn everyone's gonna love riot. When you have to go buy the record, it's like. What are you embarrassed to be seen? No, it's, it's, not, it's, 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 it's <laughs> not embarrassing. It's just kind of like. I don't w- care. W- w- what is this? It's, it's like a hardship. I, I don't it's, care it's, about it's, the cover. It's We haven't done any research on this. We don't have any idea like why the band chose to elect. Yeah, I think what happened to them is they had a series of issues with their managers.
1: There's done tons of bands that have. Never made it because of management, because of timing, oh, sure. because of all that fun stuff. Or, or they're just, a good example of it. Yeah, Crack, no. crack the Sky is another. Yeah, or, are or there are
2: there are bands mm-hmm. who get signed to and the labels don't actually have any of the the capital Give to support to, yeah. to to distribute their records. Like there's there's all these legendary stories of these bands that we love uh, mm-hmm. who, who would show up in Toledo or. Kansas City or whatnot, and they're like, "Hey, Kansas City, hey Toledo, we're here. We're opening for friggin' I don't know, uh, White Snake, or opening for uh, you know, uh, not White Snake, but also um, they would go to like the music land and like the records not there. It's just not there. And, and this was a fate that obviously the uh, deviled bands, my beloved band, like Y and T, like Y and T, agreed. Yeah, I, I like the wine. Wine too was like a big pan on the West Coast; they could sell out wherever. They didn't make it much in the East, because uh, you know A who was supposedly like marketing and distributing their records, just would not put product on the shelves.
1: And we saw them uh, at the Sellersville Theater. At least the singer, yeah, they yeah. were great. He still could hold up.
0: Oh yeah, we're Dave Miniketti is the best. What's our required listening this week, Chris? Blue Oyster
2: Cult. I really like them. Holy shit! That's a good. That's a good suggestion. One of my favorite albums is Agents of
0: Fortune. Agents of Fortune. So that's the record I got to listen to this week. Because I'm only. Trust me, I'm only listening to one Blue Oyster Cult record.
1: Okay. So wait. Let I me mean, then focus. Yeah, uh, Think about it. focus. <laughs> Relax,
0: Elvis. I'll edit this out. All
2: right, David. Play it. Play it. Play it. But uh, yeah, you smoke on the
0: water. I, that, I think that's all I know is that, that riff. That's all you it's need to know. That's good shit. No, no, it's, it's gotta... Rainbow. Rising. Rainbow Rising. Yep.
2: 1976.
0: 1976. Rainbow Rising. Who's on that record?
2: Ronnie James Dio. Is it Dio? So, Chris, tell us. Like, uh, so this is uh, Rainbow Rising. This is. Uh, uh, so Dio joined the band a couple albums ago,
1: and you know, his I guess Elf was one of his initial was with, but uh, Rainbow Rising has two seminal
2: songs on it that everybody knows. Starstruck. Starstruck. Okay. I don't know. Stargazer, and then Light in
0: the Black. That sounds like something Dio would write. A Light in the Black. Cozy Powell on drums.
2: Oh yeah, I, I sure, really yeah. like Cozy Powell. Big with the feet. So when did you first encounter this record that came out in 1976?
1: Probably
0: 80. Uh, nice. Rainbow's man, heavy, man. Rainbow's deep. That's that band has gone through a lot of changes oh yeah, hell sure yeah it has, no
2: it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's like one constant is richie blackmore
1: so you know who you know who the lead, lead guitarist for deep purple was for a couple times was the guy from the dixie drakes really oh, steve morse steve morse yeah
2: i have a couple of those albums they're not bad he doesn't have a vocal any of these songs right he just, they just no, no, they the someone- out.
0: all right <laughs> All right, so that's, uh, that's the homework.
1: And if you want a good Blue Oyster Cult album, it's called Some Enchanted Evening. And that came out in 77 or 78, I don't
0: All know. All right. Well, so we've got Rainbow. What's the Rainbow record? Rising. Rainbow Rising, Blue Oyster Cult,
1: Some Enchanted,
0: Some Enchanted Evening, which I'm going to tell you straight away. I have never in my life heard any of these songs on these records, unless here's, they do. Here's one don't more. For you. Don't fear the reaper. The
1: album came out from Black Sabbath. Never say die.
0: Oh, everybody's heard that, right? You, I don't know. Have you? Hold on. Let me what's, let me we'll, check this. The, last one with Ozzy. So let me get this straight: Rainbow Rising, Blue Oyster Cult, on your feet or on your knees? Or no, no, no. Some enchanted evening. Yes. And never say die. That'll be my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday listening.
1: Into those. There you go. They all, they all have a different flavor.
0: So if you see me looking miserable, thank you for coming on, Chris, and for uh, – Yeah, thanks for surprising me, Michael. It was great. Uh, totally prepared. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh,
2: it. It. Oh, well, th- thank you. Thank you for commenting <clears throat> on my breath. That was that was good, too. Dude, that was, that was
0: harsh. Did you know that if you're listening to this on the Anchor FM app, that you can call in, ask questions, and leave comments that we can play on the air for all of our listeners to hear? Give it a shot. Download the Anchor app on your iTunes or Androids app store.